podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Stanfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett, and with me to discuss two Liverpool wins and a qualification, he's back. He <laughs> returns a prodigal son returns. It's Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Evening, Rhodesy. How are you, mate? Great to be back. Great to have you back, mate. Absolutely especially, awesome. Especially discussing two wins. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised Dad, I'm surprised Gags didn't come back. <laughs> if we'd have, have beat City, he'd have been on. <laughs> Defo. He would have just gate-crashed it. But, but uh, um, yeah, apologies for, to all the listeners for the lack of pressing. It's just, it's been a hectic month, so... Um, I, I should just say that, that it's outrageous that Rosie's not doing the pressing just because he's gone and got a job in the industry. So I'm really saying, I know you can't really talk about it, Rosie, but yes. is, is it um, it's, it's consuming a lot of your time? It is working for David Sumner's uh, twelve. It's not just his, but um, twelve football. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they've, they're developing all sorts of different things, and I'm just helping with that. Um, and it's taking up time, and yeah, as are other things <laughs> like yeah. children and new businesses. So yeah. Wow. We'll come on. Another time, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, we'll all be on, especially if it, if your business takes off, Rosie. We'll all be over in the summer, I reckon. I'll <laughs> freebies. Uh, freebies yeah. the no, no, don't worry. That I wouldn't expect anything like that. <laughs> but uh, yes, anyway. But we don't have from a from a sports science majority down to we haven't got anybody this week. They're both away with work. But the good news is, is I do have our newest regular member. Uh, we haven't scared him off yet. <laughs> it's Hamza Khalik Lunats. Good evening, Hamza. Uh, evening. Uh, yep, back again. But uh, honestly, it's more of a privilege to be back with uh, with with Dan and oh, uh, Dan and the Dan. You know, it's Dan Squared today. So uh, <laughs> yeah, Rosie, Rosie, and and Darth will do. If you or DK, if you don't want to Darth me yet, you know, but it's up to you. It's up to you. But um, yeah, this is a bit of a this is a bit of um, a reunification, isn't it? Because I used to listen to you guys do your tactics weekly together. So I'll just log off now, and you can just do the rest, right? <laughs> With Paul Dalglish. <laughs> Yeah, you did that for a good couple of season and a half or so, didn't you? Yeah, a good couple of seasons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at this point, usually Paul would sort of interject about what lovely weather in Miami he's having. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember that. It was funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I should just point out, um, I, I have been obliged by Eddie to point out that um, Hamza is now, he is working for the Times, but he did start his writing career very much at AnfieldIndex.com. 
and we are so glad to have you back, Hamza. So you're a smash hit with the listeners, that's for sure, mate. Nothing, nothing but glowing feedback for you so far. Uh, I know you don't read the. Li- I know you don't like to read below the line when you're a journo, but the UP Discord is a. You know, don't consider that below the line, please. <laughs> I, 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 as much as I can, I actually try and uh, engage and, uh, and and read because usually, uh, to be completely honest, um, uh, the the UP Discord is, is usually full of like really good ideas. Uh, so, um, it <laughs> you're, you're crowd surfing on us. Uh, yeah, as, as in often, in in all seriousness, <clears throat> the, the the best sort of uh, or the most interesting bits you often find on on blog sites and sort of very fringe sort of. Uh, uh, areas and you sort of go oh, that's a good idea no one spotted that and then you, you two weeks later suddenly it's uh it's on sky sports or whatever you're like ah oh, that, that, that they must have got that idea from there it's the same thing uh just fans that watch a team just are, are always ahead of uh people that sort of uh, watch a few teams so that, that, yeah. that's why areas like discord are actually well one of my uh, favorites one of my favorite football blogger of all time um, it's one of my, it's one of my most treasured follows on, on Twitter. He follows me. Um, and, uh, Rosie, where he remember, do you remember the Vilsbagaragung? I can't even, that's Vilsbagaragung. That. <laughs> it was, and then he went off to, um, the Bundesliga it's, and he, Spivelagen. Spivelagen. And you're talking about, um, oh. he became Marco Rose's assistant, didn't What's he? His name? Gladbach. Yeah. Rene. Yeah, yeah Rennie Marich. Oh, that, that's an excellent follow to have. That, that's a real feather to the cap. He, yeah. he was at, he was at Stats Bob Conference. We did a podcast with Rennie on Anfield Index. When Klopp yeah. signed for us, he did a breakdown, tactical breakdown of him. He's, he's superb. Yeah. Rennie's now at Bayern. He he was the keynote speaker at Stats Bob Conference this year. Was um, he? Yeah, he was he was excellent. In fact, I, I was talking to one of the guys from Arsenal about because it was just after the Arsenal City match, and uh, Rene sort of like itches. So like, it's like you guys are talking about something interesting. You mind if I interject? And he just sort of gave a, a good sort of like fifteen twenty minutes explanation about the the intricacies of the uh, the Manchester City pressing system and, and Arsenal's out of play uh, structure. And we both sort of sat there and went, "This is this is brilliant." Actually, he, he's a fantastic. Well, did uh, you have your phone on secret record? <laughs> <laughs> He's a he didn't work now, for a tabloid. <laughs> right. They've done all those tactics at the Times, Rosie. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, right, that's enough That's enough talking about bloggers turned good. But we are here to talk about two wins, Rosie. Um, first, we're only going to touch on Lask. It's a, it, it, it's a, it, it was a long time ago now. But um, I'll, the, the lineups are always the, what the, the most... Um, pertinent question but we can't really go into the the rotation because we haven't got side but just for everybody's reminder um there was a lot of changes for this game we went with Canati and Kwanzaa which was changed from VVD and Matip in, in the league game Simicast obviously has to play with the only recognised left back Gomez was in at right back Kelleher was obviously in for his normal start um, but that's obviously been a regular start now. It was back to the uh, Europa League midfield roadsie, the one we saw in the first few games we were asking for, Harvey, yeah. Endo and Grav. Yeah. that's that. They played a lot together, those three now. Yeah. Um, and then the only real first teamer, you'd say, in the in the eleven was was Salah. Um, and that's made probably because Jota was, was, was injured as well. And it was um, Nunes' turn for it. For a rest, um, Rosie. What did you did you like the eleven and um, the starting eleven? Well, I was at like, I was at the game. Oh, were you? How cold was it? 
Well, in the Prawn Sandwich Brigade, Kenny Dalglish uh, <laughs> executive. Oh, you were indoors. <laughs> right, yeah. Shocking. Yeah. That. I'd, nice. I'd, I'd, is that what? Is that? Is that? Is, is that a perk of working for David Sumter? No, it was a perk of working for Paul Tompkins. Um One of the subscribers. <laughs> one of the subscribers has got a season ticket in in uh, the Kenny Dalglish Lounge, and um, the couple, Mick, who's an ex. Um, editor of a national and his wife went to Australia to visit family and they offered tickets. So, um, me and my son went and oh, wow. had a good time. I was, I was ill, so I got no change there then. <laughs> so, it wasn't, it wasn't the best for me, but my son had a right good time. I bet we, got, it. we got a Christmas present off Liverpool, we got a black Liverpool cup, which is absolutely lovely. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. The atmosphere, the last fans were amazing. I watched yeah. ten minutes in the first half. All three, all three sets of away fans in the Europa League at Anfield have been yeah. belting. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, they really have. And um, yes, on the lineup, kind of expected. Um, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have played Salah, but you know, as you say, I'd have played um, Ben Doak. But yeah, um, he came off after sixty minutes or something, wasn't it? Fifty-five, sixty minutes. So. Nothing, nothing yeah. there. Um, do you have a do you have a match summary for us? Uh, well, I do. Uh, pretty Good dominating. Chance. Two early goals. Um, Twenty four shots to seven. Three point four, three point three six xg to zero point eight one. Um, yeah, nine Woof. shots on target. Yeah, five big chances. Um, Woof. <laughs> yeah, only two missed. We did concede two. They missed them both. I think Keller has saved one of them. He had a much better game in this than the one we'll come on to after. Um, but it just, just early goals, we seem to have controls, seem to be enjoying it. They're not that good. They do have a set way of playing, Lask, but they haven't really got the quality. They, they seem to have two really good players who I did know, but I can't um, remember. I think it was Lubacic. Um, and number 22, Stojkovic, who came off, but I thought he was good. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much a typical home Anfield match summary this season. Yeah, we have dominance. We have yeah. We've had huge shot differences, huge big chance differences. I think his XG is about three um, on average at home. Um, obviously, we had the Toulouse one, which wasn't the best. But yeah, you know, He's the Europa League. We want to get through to that stage. We haven't got the extra game now. He was a dominant Anfield. Yeah, yeah. The best, but I wasn't helping, so I'm not going to criticise anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gakpo, six shots, 1.71 XG and XA. Absolutely. And if you could do that in the uh, league. Well, I was going to say, I mean, look back to what someone we said in the preseason part that um, we said that. Cody and D- Luis both have got up their production by twenty percent. I said we said tw- I think we said ten percent absolute minimum, close minimum. more like more like thirty percent to get to you know where we were with Bobby and uh, and Sadio and, um, and Gagpo was pretty much there this season overall in all comps. I know because you have to tell all comps because he's just, he's played less than a thousand minutes, but he's at point six four on his non penalty xg plus xa, which is which is Bobby. And yeah, we'll you know, that. so absolutely. Um, and now, even since even since his um, 
even since his, his arrival, you want the bigger sample. So he's at 0.55 over his whole time at Liverpool, which is only 10% below Bobby now in terms of, you know, Bobby was a regular 0.6 player. Um, yeah, and it was it's just on the creativity side, which which is the gap. Um, the, sh- the, the shooting XG for both of them is pretty much the same. It's just that Bobby has got about um, a, th- a third more on the on the creativity than than Cody. So that's the only gap at the moment, Rosie, in terms of you know, where we are with those. Well, his production's improved. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't has it? Because you noticed. Well, yeah, come on to it for the phone game. But although saying that, when they scored three goals out of the four between them. Yeah, his, yeah. His, his, was, his, his was good. Um, it's just creativity. But yeah, he was at 0.28 in this game from 56 minutes. Yep. Kind of what we need, but not up to mana standards we could do with another 10, 15% from um, Diaz. Hmm. He's had a lot of shit going on. Let's see if. You, any, any, of the, any, any particular goals you, that you liked in this one, Rosie? Um, Obviously, mate, I can't remember. I think the fourth one was. I think the fourth one was nice. <laughs> Remind me of the fourth. The Trent just. Oh uh, yeah, the just just Trent oh, just Trent's, Trent's driving run for midfield. Yeah, well, yeah. The, no, Trent's driving run for midfield, and then the pass to 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 Gakpo on the uh, at the left of the box. It was just yeah. beautiful. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, Hamza, coming to you, mate. Um, did you did you did you note down anything of any note that you liked about this game? Uh, anything that you want to call out? Because we're not going to spend too long on it. On it, um, I, I'll mention the XT because I think uh, Bart's usually would uh, at one point ninety to you Liverpool, zero point eight nine to Lask. Uh, but I think we probably gave him a bit too much. Um, th- there were a few. Just- if, we, if that was our average for the season, I'd be um, dancing on the rooftops. Though, if it was point nine for the season, <laughs> that was <laughs> our XTA for the. Anyway, yeah, uh, it is only last because I'm a heavily rotated team as well. But there are a few moments where they just got forward and sort of threatened, sort of mildly, without getting the, the shots off. Uh, but yeah, uh, we had it in terms of yeah, there wasn't too much going on with this match. Uh, the key is that yeah, um, that'll be one fewer match uh, for the team to play, so that just helps. Uh, nice as well, just to have Salah with the armband. I think he takes it. Um, uh, he, he he really enjoys having the armband. I think uh, I think uh, he, he takes particular pride in it. And yeah, that that that, that Trent assist from midfield because uh, he moved into midfield sort of late on uh, for that last goal was was particularly nice because you see uh, I think Endo wins the ball. Well, Endo takes the ball forward, uh, sort of, uh, then feeds Trent, and then Trent sort of carries up the field before uh, laying the assist off. Uh, just just very clean fast break and that's one one thing that we've been able to do this season quite well actually in terms of sort of opt to define fast breaks in the league at least uh liverpool are near the top for that last time i checked so um yeah um yeah just been able to progress up the quick pitch makes a change from last season where we the, mm-hmm. where, where we we were the team that conceded the most breaks <laughs> because uh, it, because of our midfield and way people yeah uh, oh, one other thing as well, uh, Harvey Elliott. This was, uh, he had 0.28 XT, which is just uh, quite good. Um, he's, like, like, like as discussed before, that that output in terms of goals and assists isn't quite there, but I uh, thought thought he was fine. Uh, and uh, it, and one thing that I, I will mention on Elliott, just having watched him a bit more this season, because uh, uh, I watched him in the 21s. Uh, on, on that side, at least the the England the 21 manager thinks that the, his output is improving in terms of uh, output in and around the box. That whether that reflects at Liverpool level is is well, still to be seen, but. It, from in my mind, at least, having watched him in the summer uh, and in those matches since, uh, I think he's, he's developing 
um, in in a way that hasn't quite been picked up yet, or or will soon be reflected in the in the stats. But um, I, I think you guys tend to disagree. But I, I well, think there's something there. Uh, there there's two things on that, Hamza, with Elliot. To me, I think in the Europa League, I thought it was good on really good on Thursday. Um, I think his teammates have a lot of kind of belief in him and then they kind of keep trying to give him the ball. Uh, four shots, 0.36 XG and XA. But with Harvey, I think his production has come against weaker opposition. So the under-21s in the Championship, in the Europa League, against you know weak teams in domestic competitions. And when it comes against... Uh, the, some of the quality sides in the Premier League when he's had minutes, it hasn't been there. Now, what is it, 20? Is it 21, 20? 20, I think. Yeah, so what well, seems harsh to judge him by standards of a you know, a more complete, um, well-rounded, more experienced player, but it's it's more it's more the fit. And, I, and I'm with Dan on this. I'm not, can't quite see a fit in terms of the positions that we play in the front six, um, and how he could how he could adapt and get into that, so he's not. Do you think he's a fit for any of the positions as it is? Well, I, I think the Liverpool squad is quite interesting. Is as in we've got five, six players that all like to play ten. I mean, if you, uh, let me actually count them out: Soboslai, uh, Curtis, uh, McAllister. Um, but can play ten, but I won't count him as one of these. Um, Elliot, that's already four. Um, am I missing anyone? Um, there was, um, um, oh, I, can't, I can't believe I forgot his name, but the lad from Fulham who's gone to Leipzig, uh, Fabio Cavallo. Yeah. yeah, we've got a lot of tens. Uh, we've got Trent who wants to play without an eight. A ten. Uh, yeah, without playing a ten, uh, so I, I don't think it's necessarily sort of that because he's still only twenty. I think there's plenty of time to, for him to f- fashion uh, and understand. I mean, last season was was particularly tough on him because you, you're asked to play. As, I mean, the first match of the season he was playing with Fabio Cavallo and Fabinho, and for, for Fabinho it was a nightmare because he's got two uh, quite diminutive players yeah. uh, that are playing super high and wide. And at the same time, if you are one of those two players as well, you're sort of looking around to your senior player and going, wait, well, I don't know what position it is. How am I meant to play as an eight? I've always been a 10. I've always been a winger. And so, uh, so for those players, um, I think there's still, still plenty of time to develop. Was that, that thing, um, uh, is often talked about that the leap is in that statistical development, uh, from a sort of good and promising player to, a uh, an elite, elite player that usually happens around this sort of age. Some players do a bit later, so uh, I think it's worth persisting. See if see if that that sort of does does uh, sort of come to fruition. Might no. not, but uh, there's enough sort of technical quality there to see a very good player. Absolutely. Are you there, Dan? Yeah, I think so, Rosie. Can you hear me? Okay. Can hear you, good man. What? Any any thoughts? Um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Inter- in- Interesting debate on on um, Harvey is that because we haven't had um, much time to talk about him this season because he's he's been kind of only semi regular uh, you know a, a rotation option um yeah I think um the, uh, yeah you have to fa- factor in that he is only twenty yeah absolutely but I still even think you know you should expect some output because he proved he proved that one people things that people said after his season at Blackburn was okay so he, he he's showing that he can score an assist quite a lot you know 
He was an outcome machine there. Who, you know, he was. And then, so I don't buy that, you know, we shouldn't judge him that he can't produce output because, but the other thing is, well, is it as well, if you're playing in a good team, you will generate XT by yeah. virtue of playing an attacking position yeah, by yeah. being in a good team. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess it's, I, I struggle to think I said it well on the group. He doesn't, he doesn't do enough in the box and getting into the box in for for in you know for Liverpool in the first team. Um and my I, I still unfortunately and he can't do anything about this. I just can't get past the height and the speed. You know, he's one of the slowest players in the team and he's the smallest player in the team. And um it's just gonna be so hard. He's gonna have to be so talented with the ball to to make up for those other things. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yep. I agree. I just think it's I just think I think that there might be something there that might develop in the next 24 months, but if I mean he's homegrown. And you know he, you know he, he, you know he's played a lot more in the front three this season, which I've liked, Rosie, rather especially rather than in midfield. Um, um, but yeah, he has played more in the front three. But yeah, just output, please, Harvey. Yeah, just, just, just some regular goals and assists would be nice, I think. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, nice discussion, boys. Anyway, on that, thank you for covering me while I was restarting. <laughs> um, so yeah, Fulham. Um, so it was it was back for the rotation. Um I think Sai I think if Sai was on, I think he would have been pleased with how we did it. So Van Dyke, Matip and uh, and Trent were back in, so was Zobo and so was Mac. Uh Grav, Grav started again. Um he started so the Diaz started again and and Nunes is back in up front. So six starting eleven changes from midweek. Um, and actually, I should have said actually, Rosie. The other thing we've got is we've got a dead rubber in the in the group stage. We've now missing the round of thirty two completely, going straight to the round of sixteen, and we get the second leg of the round of sixteen at home. So that's a big fillip for absolutely in the game group with one game to go. And that, and you can see seems that that's why I think Klopp went with Salah just to go right. Let's win this early, and I can bring it off. Because we need to win it for the group. Yeah. Going to make my decisions a lot easier. Um, one with reference to Europa, two the games that have come about around that time when the knockout's going to happen, and then obviously we've got loads of Premier League games. So it's just going to make his decision a lot easier. Taking a risk for forty-five minutes with Salah, fifty minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, just um, wait till thing. the team selection drops in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one thing as well, uh, I remember in the, in the Champions League, uh, there's a there's a good premium for winning all of, well as many matches as possible. Uh, the premium in the Europa League is a bit lower. Uh, I think it's around a million. Oh, money terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so as in, um, there is 
say if Liverpool play a, a, a strong team in that final match, they, they will make some money, but isn't it's nowhere near as significant as if you win uh, uh, all your matches or uh, a match in the Champions League. So uh, in financial terms, it, it's not that significant. But uh, for, for winning the group, you still get, I think, around a million. Oh, the famous... Are you, t- are you referencing the famous Michelin dead rubber where Jota got a, a bad injury? <laughs> <laughs> a few years uh, ago I wasn't thinking specifically yeah. of that but I, I just remembered that um, the, the the prize money per match uh, is, isn't that significant so the, there isn't really any yes. sort of real incentive it's only uh, about five it. grand for winning the league cup in it <laughs> <laughs> a million pound for winning the group sounds good yeah. but yeah the league cup was shocking if, if you yeah. build stuff through um, certain Middle Eastern uh, <laughs> but yeah that's about it <laughs> Newcastle get million pound player bonuses for winning the League Cup. Don't they? <laughs> anyway, that's going to come out. Um, so, Ev, as a as a Times correspondent, um, have you seen much of Fulham this season, um, Hamza? And what what did you think of their lineup and their approach? Uh, I have seen a few Fulham matches this season. I saw quite a few a uh, few matches last season. I think statistically they they profile quite poorly, uh, and I think they're quite fortunate that. Um, the, the bottom three are quite poor this season because they may, in a sort of conventional sort of relegation battle, actually be around that sort of level. Uh, the, the style typically is, under Mar- Mar- Marco Silva's style is to, to cross a lot, um, which um, made sense with um, Mitrovic up top, but since they lost him and uh, Jimenez was coming, uh, Jimenez just can't cope with that volume of, of crosses and let alone finish that well. So they do struggle to sort of um, progress through Jimenez and, and convert chances. Uh, I think uh, uh, their fullbacks are quite good. Uh, Anthony Robinson, I think we, we, we might come to him. Uh, he had a good game. He's very quick. Uh, I think we all come to him. <laughs> uh, Tete's quite strong as well. Uh, Bassi used to play for Rangers yeah. and Ajax. I've seen a bit of him. He's actually developed quite a bit. When he was at Rangers, he was, he was seriously sort of one-footed. Uh, he's still a little bit clunky on the ball, but you can see that sort of smoothed out a bit at Ajax. Um, although I don't think Ajax fans are particularly sort of enamoured with him. Um, and Leno last season as well was absolutely excellent. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had a brilliant uh, shot-stopping season, and this season, I'm just going to grab up the goalkeeping stats. Uh, Fulham, in terms of post-shot XG, say for 90, so there, yeah, so Leno's going at 0.11, which looks around eighth to me, just on eighth or ninth. Uh, uh, yeah, which is good, uh, solid, uh, because they often concede quite a lot of, uh, of shots. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a few interesting elements to their team. Um, but yeah, I think that's the general sort of thrust of what's going on. And Polini as well, he tackles a lot, but he probably isn't worth as much money uh, as Bayern Munich paid for him. Uh, but yeah, that's the general thrust of their, their team at the moment. Have it, And yeah, they've, they've been struggling a bit in terms of performances. Um, yeah, one of the things about uh, Fulham is that it's just at the start of this season, the amount of shots on target. Leno was having to face was just mind-boggling. I mean, it slowed down a little bit since then, but it was something like 40 shots on target they'd conceded after four games or something absurd this wow. season. Yeah, but it was crazy. Um, but Rosie, um the match summary for this one could be an interesting one. Yeah, very interesting. Um, 20, 20, so... I was looking. I was looking at this, and I'll, I'll bring it in. And after, it, it kind of comes across like the Luton game, 
Um, two and a half, 26 shots to nine in our favour. Um, 2.5 XG for us to 1.37 for them. So they had a bit more than Luton. Um, 15 shots in the box to seven for us. Good. Excellent even. 12 shots on target to five. Yeah, I'm referencing kind of what you said then about Fulham conceding a lot of sh- shots on target. That 12 is his highest this season. Um, four big chances to two. There's a concern. They converted both theirs. We didn't convert any of ours. Um, 37 sh- uh, touches in the box to 16. Again, excellent if you're having double the amount of the opposition. Now, it is Fulham. Um, but I thought they played well. Um, I thought they played well. I thought we were pretty poor in the first half, but got um, two wonder goals. And they they kind of exploited our weaknesses ruthlessly and converted their chances efficiently. And we did the opposite, but decided we were just going to score four worldies, according to Klopp. A um, little bit of difference in the models. Opto had us at 2.2 and understart 2.7 with Kayleigh in the middle, as he always is. Um, so, yeah, this kind of reminded me of a Luton game where we couldn't finish any of those high-quality chances. Um, and in the Luton game, we were taking too many shots outside the box and they weren't going in, whereas in this one they did. Um, kind of regression to the mean. But it was a mad game. Um, mm. Yeah. On the season, Dan, I know you just wanted me to touch on it. Uh, oh, yes, Rosie. Yes, yes. Now, before we go to the Fulham game, yes, because we didn't have you on for the season review pod, we didn't get the chance to do your, cause you, your, your normal stuff, especially on the big chances and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, you set, you set out what we needed to do this season um, in the pre-season pod, uh, you know, set ourselves some targets. How how are we doing against all the stuff that you like, uh, well, you like to look well, against? If we're just talking goals... Which is for <laughs> yeah. mainstream nice. podcasts, but um, we're, con- we're conceding one a game, exactly one point zero zero, which is you know good. One a game is good. It is, it's good to lead. It's good to league winning, but you need to be about point seven five to kind of secure that. Mm. That's more overperformance from a, the best goalkeeper in the world, the best goalkeeper we've ever had because we are conceding 1.31 non-penalty XG. And the biggest concern to me, as always, we're still conceding two big chances a game. If we we, we aren't going to win the league, Dan, if at the end of the season we're still con- conceding two big chances a game. It's, it's as simple as yeah, that. Yeah, we're six, I think, in big chances, aren't we, for the league, Premier League now? Uh, I, I don't know. We're 3.36, which, you know, I, I guess there's some teams now who are just creating more, but 3.36 is league winning. The, yeah. the, the, the production... Going forward is 100%. <clears throat> it's just the balance with... Um, so, so we're second in attack for big chances. Do you know who's top? Is, is, is it Newcastle? It is Newcastle still, 50. <laughs> Aren't Newcastle best defensively as well? Uh, yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> They're just the best team in the world. <laughs> they have a plus 38 big chance difference for the season, which is pretty astonishing, really. That that's league winning, Dan. That's where we need to be. It is. It is. We we we're plus nineteen, but our Newcastle's is double ours. Plus thirty eight. That's ridiculous. mad for an Eddie House side. Um, I know. So yeah, one we need to get. We did win the league, conceding one point three, one point four big chances a game. If we can get it down to one point three and keep the same production yeah. going, forward, 
that's what we need. We are up to six shots on target a game. Newcastle again. are less than one per game in defence. Ah, it's just... That is... It's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> I noticed you put it in the group and didn't have any reply. <laughs> well, Brundish still, Brundish still thinks they're garbage. Like, you know, even though they gave up Man United an absolute <laughs> shellacking on Saturday, didn't they? They really did. We are boosted by that Sheffield United game, but that's coming a little bit more... Um, yeah. That's, you know, that is not that big a factor now when they've kept doing it against quality sides. Yeah. Um, my concern is that we've had, and I know there's a sending offs, we've had 11 shots in the box this season and our opposition's had eight. So eight shots in the box for the opposition, two big chances and four shots on target. We aren't winning the league with those figures. Yeah. We need to, you need to get the opposition shots under 10. You need to get the shots on target to under 2.5. Yeah. You need shots in the box, five and below, preferably, and big chances down to about 1.2, 1.3. So, yeah. Yeah, it's got to. If you're going to concede or allow that much on your own goal, that you've got to be have exceptional luck and other be exceptional in going forward. I think, yeah. and I think the key is even if you've got a good attack, the attack can't stay as hot as it needs to be for a whole league campaign. At some point, it's going to splutter. Well, Dan, there's a, there's a there's a theory talking about this game that we could have lost it three nil. If if one we d- we missed four big chances, yes, those kind of goals that we scored aren't aren't very regular for obvious reasons. <clears throat> no, no, they're not. So obviously, we, we could have scored four big chances and won four. Was Trent was, was Trent's winner? Know. Was Trent's winner inside technically inside the box or outside? Just, yeah, yeah. Um, there is a there is a, a great stat from Bees. Let me just see if I can find it, which added up. All the um, yeah, the distance, the distance, a good one. Um, which yeah, it was a, it was something like we had a twenty eight, a, tw- a twenty five, um, a nineteen, and a seventeen, and then the combined distance from goal of Fulham's was sixteen yards. Yeah, like that, <laughs> like like that Dirk Cout hat trick against Man United. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, a combined yeah. distance of two meters or something. Yeah, yeah, so. Definite progress, Rosie, but, um, you know, if this was a transition season um, without people talking about the league title, we'd be thinking, this is a good progress, right? It's good progress. We're ticking along nicely. Chop, chop, top, floor, top four is almost guaranteed here, but we're trying to we're trying to have the whole conversation and with the context of people saying, but we're in the title race, but we're in the title race. And, yeah. okay, and then we just got to, we got to, yeah. Yeah, gotta, four of us didn't say we were, we were going to win the title. On the preview pod, I don't know if Hamza thought we were going to win the title pre- before the season. I think Brundish said we were. That's what I mean. Three out of four, me, you, and <laughs> Phil did it. <laughs> I think and Brundish said Sooness was going to win the title. Probably <laughs> 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 Hodgson. Hodgson's going to win the league at the start. We're still winning the league, yeah. <laughs> Hamza, did you think we were winning the league pre season? Uh, no, I thought City would. We all did. Yeah, I think we all did. Um, <laughs> So, just um, Rosie mentioned the poor first half generally, but Hans, I think it's worth noting that um, we had the ball in the net on eight minutes, and um, I think it was the second was it second phase offside that it was it was called off for. Um, but the main story here was the um, the the Petacek style knee on head for um, Bert Leno. It looked a bit, it looked it was a real nasty one, right? Yeah, it did. 
I mean, the game was sort of paused for five, eight minutes. Uh, yeah, uh, straight away. Yeah. Um, as soon as the camera sort of panned around, oh dear, it, it, uh, you could just tell tomorrow morning or well, the following morning he'd be, be really sore. I suppose <clears> that he, he was kept on with all that, that strapping. It is, and often people know if you've ever had strapping and it's near you, so sort of, I sort of, you initially have it on, you sort of think, yeah, it's fine. And it's sort of overlapping your eye. And as the sort of match wears on, you go, oh my God, I actually can't see properly because the strapping's in the way. Uh, but yeah, um, the, yeah, the D- Diaz himself the, the, had every right to go for the ball. I just, I think, caught uh, Leno really nastily. And it's a shame that uh, Salah didn't get it because that would have been his, uh, yeah, it would have, it would have been it. Um, has there been any, um, has there been any blowback or discussion about the Leno staying on the field? After the in the in the, in 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 the media, um, especially with all the concussion protocols and stuff, it seems like a world away from the NFL when you see concussion protocol in the NFL when the, you know, they're going off to the blue medical tent at the side of the pitch and concussion subs and stuff like that. Scandalous, Danny was. Has there been Did anything in the see- press? Pro- has there been anything in the press afterwards about it, Hamza? And uh, no, quick one, Hamza. Did you not see the ref say to him, "Are you okay?" And he said, "Yes, I'm fine." That's uh, the concussion. Is that the concussion protocol? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I didn't see that bit, but um, yeah, that 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 uh, you guys might be better positioned to to explain sort of a protocol. But in terms of the media, I, I don't think there's been any sort of significant blowback. The thing is with with concussion uh, actually uh, is in symptoms don't sometimes don't present themselves until a day no. or even after a, a day after so there's, yeah. there is potential as we record this on monday night uh obviously hope, hopefully uh leno's absolutely fine but there is potential that like uh some some symptoms such as like throwing up and all that sort of stuff yeah uh, could could become sort of a could manifest like today or or or, or tomorrow uh so yeah in, in terms of uh coverage I, I didn't see any sort of sort of a uh, but there is the, that 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 that. It, Cy often talks about this as well. Players just they always want to play, so th- that is the point of a sort of medical professional to actually separate the coaching staff and the players and have someone independently there to to put the players' welfare first. Uh, because a player will always say, "Yeah, I, I, uh, that they can play." Uh, and they're there, they're away from home, they've got their teammates, and they're if especially if it's a goalkeeper and they're the number one, they, they, they often will just be as willing as possible to play on. It's these sort of qualities as in uh, uh, an innate sort of um, willingness to put aside sort of pain uh, that often uh, is important for players becoming sort of top level because you need to make a certain amount of sacrifice and you, you need to sort of have a threat high pain threshold and all that sort of stuff um if if you want to train every day if you have to sort of deal with knocks and stuff but the, the important thing here is to actually have a, a, a professional that steps in and goes yeah you need to come off the pitch for a bit uh, but at the moment i think there's still uh, some work to be done with uh concussion subs the temporary subs yeah um that is a an ifab thing i think but um it still hasn't been sort of sorted yet no 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 it hasn't but like you said it was a long uh it was a long long de- uh, long long delay um, and then pretty much, well, I don't know, Rosie, two minutes after he was finally back on his feet, um, he was facing a direct free kick from a certain Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, yeah. And I just, I'm just so gutted that this was went down as an own goal because it's one, it's legit, it's legit one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Well, it wasn't going in though. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is one of the best. And for a good 20 minutes, um, I, I was I was speaking to my son about it going, oh, that is just unbelievably good how he's... And they're always goals, free kicks, but goals are always best when they're going off the bar, which yeah. is what I thought happened. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there'd have been a level of spin that had it not hit him, it might have gone back in. Uh, who knows? Nineteen sixty six style. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But um, who knows? But either way, it was an absolute just what. And you could see himself as he's running off to celebrate. He's kind of putting a face on, going, "Wow, that that was good, even for me." And then he does the mock. Man City celebration, doesn't it? Um, with a finger on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go, yeah, shh. But he's laughing. Um, yeah. Great run from Sir Bosley. Yes, um, for the foul. Yeah. I thought he should have given it to Salah, but thankfully he didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, that's that's what you want from your so, midfield. In. Yeah. So I think it's time we need to talk. I'm going to bring in Bart. Bart has left me some analysis to read out. Um, and his um, stats pack is already in the Under Pressure Discord um, group for you lovely listeners. Um, and we have to talk about the uh, the not-so-good stuff now, Hamza. Um, and that's the... I, I just think the best word for it is very soft. The very soft equaliser that we gave up pretty soon after taking the lead. It... It was just that it was out of nothing, wasn't it? There's no way that that should lead to a goal, really, in the Premier League, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of sort of. Um, so it starts when. Well, it doesn't really start, but some context to this is that Van Dyke goes up the pitch on the left side. So the yeah. back four is in a slightly different shape. Yeah. Uh, and as the ball actually progresses up the pitch, so as we move into the final third, uh, you've actually got Matip at right back, Trent at centre back on the right side, uh, and Costa Simicas also at centre-back. But Van Dyke at this point, is actually getting back into position. Uh, so when he sort of joins up and then... Um, You've got Matip gets... facing up against Iwobi and mm. Robinson. So it's basically a two-on-one. Yeah. Uh, um, McAllister is nearby, but he's covering the space. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's... It's the, it's the Jeremy Doku position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, infield, I, th- I think. So the the issue. So in, um, I might just get a grab and send it into the, the live chat, and I might pop it into the uh, the under pressure Discord. Uh, but as in, uh, what happens is um, Harry Wilson uh, just moves off Gravenberg and into the box. At this point, inside the box. Uh, so this is just as the ball goes out wide. Uh, Liverpool have Kelleher, Van Dyke, Simicas, Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, and McAllister, five players, and Matip is just sort of on the edge of the box. So you've got five players, and there's just one Fulham player, uh, yeah. Jimenez. Uh, and then Wilson goes into the box. So and makes the near post run. <laughs> yeah, uh, and as soon as he does this, um, because he's he's in McAllister's blind spot, uh, that should be a sort of trigger for Alexander Arnold to move across because um, McAllister can't see him. So if mm-hmm. he's behind him, uh, that should be the space that you you close off and cover. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, neither player does well. So McAllister sort of lets the ball just go past without yep. sprinting to, to to get to it, uh, and Alexander Arnold slow to it. And then there's also Keller as well. Who, well, um, if Alisson Zay probably saves it, uh, but this is uh, there's no point sort of lambasting Kelleher he, he's the number two 
goalkeeper. You're not going to expect Allison level goalkeeping from the number two, but you might expect a little bit better uh, from the number two. And he doesn't. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess the the thing that, that we used to say when we first started doing this kind of stuff, Rosie, was the number one thing is stop the crosses coming in. That was what we always blocked block the cross, and but now we just like leave um, left wingers in freedom of Anfield to place and pick out a man. Right? That seems to, well, not not just Anfield, home and away, we seem to do it. But you can't really blame Joel Matic because he was faced with two players in an overload, wasn't he? So, yeah, it was just poor organisation. Yeah, uh, on about five players. Um, would Alison save it? I, he did. I can't. He doesn't get megged very often. No. Uh, no, he doesn't. So he seems to have that quick reaction, either his feet or or to or he cuts off the angle better, um, and he's not as static as what Kelleher was. But I'm not blaming Kelleher; I am blaming Trent and maybe Mac um, for is it running, <coughs> running into the box. Well, I, I don't, um, shouldn't we just blame the coaching staff? <laughs> Both. But, <laughs> Anyway, but we said last week, you know, this is a concept we're not even trying to defend with somebody in the right back zone anymore. We've, we've actually, it's not, it's not inverting in possession only now, is it? It's pretty much inverting. Yeah, well, I can't, the full time, the full, the, the you can't full permanently it, inverting, if that can be a thing. I don't know if it was a poor Matic pass or for us to lose the ball, but it was a. It was the transition from that that we were so yeah. poor. There was no organisation there, and if you and if you are changing positions, um, which is kind of what um, Mac and Trent were there to cover, Matip, who might have just given away the ball. One, we didn't prevent the cross, which is a bad start, and then to not track it's just as, they didn't have any runners. It was just him. And then, as as Hamza touched on, it was Jimenez, but that's not for those two to not do that job and let the, him get a, just a little flick in the corner of the six yard box. It's just put, it's just poor defending. Yeah. So I've just got a few notes from Bart's to read out. Um, is that from um, you know he breaks the match into six ma- six segments from sixteen minutes to half time. Fulham had more expected goals and more EPV, which is our version of X, his version of XT than us, which is which is quite bad considering we were the home team. Um, we um, Trent was overall highest first with XT for the match with with point two. Um, in terms of um, the pass maps, um, he said we have good depth to our pass maps. Um, our front three were in, were in the right positions in, our, in the half spaces in zone 14. Um, but one of the big issues was that um, Luis Diaz had no connections at all to Mo Salah or Darwin Nunes. Um, Costes has also got a low pass accuracy into Nunes. Um, midfield three was good shape um, overall. Um, yeah, and they definitely facilitated Trent with his with his on-ball and his XT. Um we didn't let Fulham attack into zone 14 for any sustained period. Um, obviously strong left-hand side, as you might expect, as you know, with, um, you know, with our, with our, with our system. Um, and the other thing you noted for was we, we had a lack of dribbling in this match. Only six, only six successful dribbles, um, which is, which is a real low for us. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Last week we talked about Trent's passing um, being a real concern with that like, 59% accuracy. Back back up at 80% accuracy for this week. But um, something else we've talked about in previous weeks, only 9% of most touches were in the penalty box. And for those matches, I don't know if you saw this, Rosie, but Salah was actually classified as a midfielder on FB ref for the game due to his average position. Wow. That's not, that's we not good. Talk about it about ten times last season. Regularly, when we have struggles, um, it's the it's the connections between um, well, it'd be Sabozlai this season, but um, Sabozlai news and Salah. I think Phil had a um, player match. I haven't oh, I haven't put it in, but it was like a connection between who the passes were. Yeah, I think he went past it to Sabozlai six times and Salah six times, um, which isn't that bad but there was no production um and f- as, as you say Salah not have it well he had two big chances down but yeah yeah and it's worth noting that the thing he's created for Hamza Hamza's already put in request change request for, for Phil's dashboard already right which was an EPV zone map I think it was or heat map Hamza so in this match our biggest heat map for XT was zone 14. He says that's exactly where it should be. So that was a, the system was getting the expected threat into the right area. So that just means you just need that player in that central centre forward position to be on the end of stuff. So that, that looks like it's working exactly as it should. Um, I thought it improved second half. I thought we did get that. And maybe that's where the volumes come from because we had a lot of. Well, we'll talk about the second, we'll talk about the after half. Time period, which is definitely, which was definitely a big improvement. But let's Didn't finish see it the first, first half. half well done. Didn't see it at all. No, no, it was, it was. First half was probably the worst performance this season. Worse than to lose. It, it was certainly the worst half I've seen at Anfield. Yeah, up there with Luton and Toulouse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty grim. However, we did have. This is the definition of a long-range goal, Rosie. This he he literally hit it so hard he almost knocked himself off his feet. He absolutely larruped it, didn't he? This qualifies a thunder bastard, Dan. <laughs> Alexis McAllister. I mean, he's only got little legs, hasn't he, the fella? But... <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice dribble from we're talking about dribbles. Diaz does a nice one and then loses the ball, beats two men. Um, Fulham clear it, and then I don't know who it was, but he tried to knock it down um for Fulham's holder in my Pereira and then he yeah it just goes to falls to McAllister and it's he's a thunder bastard I couldn't decide which yeah. was better when I, I said that the I longest... still, at this point I still thought Twents had gone in properly yeah, yeah. Um, it's the longest uh, longest range goal we've had at Anfield since Divock Origi against West Brom but that was a massive deflection wasn't it that he yeah. you won but yeah. this was this was clean as a whistle. This is twenty eight meters in the air, and it you know it still hit the net virtually rising as it went into the net, which is incredible. So it's yeah, cleanest strike you're ever going to see. Perfect amount of spin, great technique. Not sure I expected it from him. In fact, I'll tell you what, Dan, I would probably say, don't you? <laughs> Whereas a lot of the crowd is starting uh, to shout, you. Yeah. I'm the I'm the one that's going through ball. Get in the box. Get some salad. 
But yeah, you go two, you go two one up through uh, two absolutely spectacular goals when you when you're playing like pretty poorly overall. Yeah. But the Hamza again, this this was a really another bad goal to concede this time off a set play. Yeah, uh, I don't think we positioned well Liverpool are positioned well enough uh, at the. Um, I, I think we. Liverpool are just a little bit deeper than usual at the, fr- the front post zone, which means that when the, the cross comes in, Jimenez is actually able to attack just, well, uh, he gets to the edge of the six-yard box and the front post zone quite easily and leans quite backwards and able to win the first contact with, I think, probably three, two yards uh, around him, sort of radius. Uh, and that is that that is really bad actually to, to to lose that first contact because as we know with set pieces the key is actually more than often than not is um is getting the first contact and directing that that first contact if if you're attacking that is towards a goal and because everyone else is then in a state of total reaction to that, that um Very everyone's fun. destabilized uh and that means that um you, all the players around all the liverpool players around are now trying to reorientate themselves because uh, they've set themselves for a ball that's come to the near post and now it's been slipped. So there's a little bit of motion change when players are stepping forward and then freezing and stepping backwards. Meanwhile, for the Fulham players, the only thing that they need to react to is just to get the ball on target, uh, which is what uh, Tete does. Um, but yeah, the, the first, the, the key here is to to make sure that you win the first contact. And mm. I think that's affected uh, Liverpool's um, set piece xg now one two three four five well to be fair hamza you did say we weren't exactly great defending set plays you did say Mm. that last week yeah um we're now uh seventh in the league in terms of set piece against as in so uh uh, set piece xg uh, so mm. the worst being Luton. So it's Luton, West Ham, Sheffield United, Burnley, Bournemouth, Forest, then Liverpool. Oof. Uh, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, so that is 4.84 XG against and three set-piece goals and 53 shots. In terms of shots, that places Liverpool pretty much mid-table, just ahead of Fulham, Forest, Chelsea and United. But as in the difference, as we mentioned before, with Arsenal uh, and City is massive. So yeah. City just conceded 27 and 2.62 XG from set plays and Arsenal 19 and 1.75. Um, Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So um, it's always nice, um, Hamza, when you get your first piece of, you know, well, I, I mentioned this last week, and there you go. This is what happened. So that's it's always nice when you get your first one of those. <laughs> that's what I say. Um <laughs> You know, we talk about Kelleher again. Um, mm. Again, this is where, you know, 
the not having not having the best goalkeeper in the world, you know, you look bad in comparison because this is where this is definitely where Ali does his starfish stuff yeah. impression, isn't it? The, the and, he get, and, he get, and he just gets something on it. Yeah, it, 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 uh, Alisson has that technique uh, where he sort of, uh, like you said, the starfish, but also he sort of sweeps his legs as well. Yep. Uh, and Kelleher uh, just doesn't execute it the same way. Um, uh, I think he sort of overcommits to... He does get hands on it, doesn't he, as well? He, he gets his foot to it and then sort of reaches back when he's off balance. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, there's not too much you can sort of say. Doesn't Kelleher no. is a number two goalkeeper. Uh, yeah. He's not going to save what Alisson does. You'd nope. hope that he probably does save this one. Uh, and I think just from a Liverpool point of view, you just got to hope that Alisson's back well, in time for, for for Arsenal. What one, one save he definitely does make is just before half-time, in, in first half stoppage time, another set place. And he does save the header before the follow-up is offside. Yeah, that's right. That This is... Um, and that was a big. That was actually quite a big save, actually. Mm. Uh, who, who gets the header again? I'm just trying to. Polini, I think. Yeah, Polini, and then Reem is on the rebound. Uh, yeah, um, there's it, 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 an interesting thing here. Is he, he saves the one that doesn't count, uh, and, and Liverpool sort of get a bit lucky in the other way in that uh, their set pieces go in in this. I mean, their their the long shots go in in this game. I mean, you'd rather the long shots go in in a four-three than go in. As they did in the seven nil against Palace, uh, a couple seasons ago, or last season, whenever it was, when everything sort of. T- so sometimes the luck falls your way, sometimes it doesn't. True, but we have to we have to be defending uh, set pieces better, don't we? Mm. It's to be seventh in terms of XG conceded. I know it was a big XG chance. Was it point five five? So that's going to take us up there. But um, it's just yeah. a near, just a near post corner. But- you have someone on the near post marking the opposition player that's going near post. Yeah. And as, as Hamza analysed perfectly, he's got a two two meter, two yard radius around him. Yeah. Yeah, that's near. that was that was the biggest concern, wasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Um but second half roadsy, um between um half time and sixty five minutes, we have a very good twenty minute period in terms of in terms of the attack, in terms of generating chances, at least, yes. So we, so we have the um, from fifty-one to fifty-eight minutes. We do have six chances. Um, <laughs> a lot of them again from distance. Although Nunes hits the woodwork, and although FBF have given it point one two, um, understat give it point three eight. Um, it's a good counter attack. Moore carries it perfectly, perfectly worked pass. I think he hits it well. Just unfortunately with this one. Um, yeah, it was a, but it's the first time in the match. This is, this is the thing we talked about earlier in the season, isn't it? About transition. Yeah, using yeah. Tra- gets- using transition to get to, for us to create moments. And this was the first time we had it in this match. Yeah. And execute it perfectly. And yeah. it gets a good shot. It's just unfortunate. Um, and then Nunes sets up Salah. <clears throat> For another big chance, yeah. Wasn't there the wasn't there a big chance at the end? Was it the end of the first? No, maybe. No, there was a, there was a shot from the angle from Mo. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, so he sets up Salah. He doesn't. He's saved. Maybe he could. Diaz has Diaz has a couple of Diaz has a couple of shots in this period as well. Could could Salah knock it across for Diaz for an easy tap in? 
I'm not sure any striker's not going to shoot there, but I've heard that said. Yeah. Uh, Diaz has a couple of shots in this uh, uh, chances in this period as well. And then the then the one on 61 minutes. Um yeah. Where we have some nice build up and Mo just um puts a lovely header in. Um a, a headed key pass would have been a rare thing if from open play, Rosie. <laughs> it's an absolutely su- such good build up. Salah Salah's cushioned header is perfect. Just it gets everything wrong about this one. Um barely gets a connection, doesn't it? Doesn't it kind of like can't make can't decide which foot to use. Um yeah. But, yeah, but it's still two two. We're playing a bit better. And but then this um Hamza is where the flurry of substitutions happens and um and the Joel Matip injury. You know, we, on that one we don't have Sai or Bart here, but the manager has spoken, and he, I think his words were, it doesn't look, look like a short time, um, which isn't great news, obviously, with the busy Christmas period coming up. Um, although on the on the positives, Jarrell Kwanzaa did have an extremely good game against um, Lask, didn't he, Rosie? I meant to mention that, yeah, he just looks unbelievable for his age. Do you think he looks ready to... I think he'll, be, I think he'll have to play in the Premier League over Christmas now. Um, uh, do you think he's ready? Well, I think Canate will play, but yeah. No, I mean, with so many games, Canate can't play three games a week. He'll, be, he'll break down. Do I think he's ready? Who knows with young centre-backs? It's, I think it's, uh, if not, I think it's the hardest position for a young player to play in. But the composure he showed on Thursday for a yeah. few for a couple of chances that they created that didn't end up in chances, it kind of shows a similar level of, um, one, composure, but two, uh, ability to read it. Yeah. So he spots it a bit like Van Dyke. I know he's nowhere near that level, but I mean, you can see the 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 early thinking, the early movement to get into positions to then either make a challenge or jockey or whatever. Young centre backs don't have that in my experience. Yeah. He's had overall, he's had a pretty damn good Europa League group stage, hasn't he? Oh, I mean, there's been. I think, been, I think you can argue there's, po- there's probably been three matches out of five where he's been on man of the match. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fortunate development from him in terms of not signing another centre back. But he is uh, he certainly looks it at the moment. Let's you know. I don't. You know what, Rosie? I wouldn't even be surprised to see him against either Sheffield United or Palace. Maybe no, and I wouldn't be disappointed or or worried from be- yeah because you know you know you can't play Ibu back to back and you can't play Joe Gomez back to back. And if you can't, yeah, and if you can't play those, and as Sai says. You know, um, Kanate seems to do a lot of um, chaos defending. He's kind of a bit of a newness. Doesn't it? Well, yeah, as, as I said, he likes putting out his own fires. Yeah, he puts out his own... He does, he's got the ability to put out his own fires because he's got the physical attributes, whereas um, there doesn't seem to be many fires around Kwanzaa. <laughs> well, the long way that continue. long way that continue, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Um, so, Hamza... Um, how did you see it all with the um, the 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 the, the, te- the all the substitutes for both sides? Real flurry of subs and an injury over ten minute period. It must have been about eight changes, ten changes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I think uh, so. William Tonkerny uh, both came on for full on sixty two. Then Gakpo Gomez and Canati on sixty four, sixty five, and sixty nine respectively. 
uh, in the the match momentum, which is pretty much XT, uh, you see a little drop off, and then Liverpool also manage to sort of uh, rebate, uh, regain and, and rebuild. And there's a chance for Diaz, which is a header, uh, 0.07, uh, I think. Yeah, that's right, in the 68th minute. Um, and it looks like there's a sort of brief period of consolidation. Uh, so, so you see Alexander Arnold get on the ball a bit more just in the moments before um, Matic gets injured uh, and then Kanate comes on. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's there's a brief loss of momentum uh, with that as well. Uh, and that's sort of where um, Fulham managed to come in. So you can literally just see on the, the match momentum chart. So Kanate comes on 69th minute. And then Liverpool have the ball for a bit, and then you just start to see all yeah. those those spots for um for Fulham. Uh, and then when Liverpool regain the ball, they're, they're not quite as effective again. And then you, so you get to the the, the Willian. We uh, made a we made a flurry of subs, right? How did, we ended up with we ended up with four defenders on the pitch, right? Mm. We had a back four, so there was no need to invert Trent anymore. He Trent was in midfield, yes, mm-hmm. and we had four forwards. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so pretty much McAllister and Zabozla have gone up at this point. Um how did you what did we do in terms of um so obviously Nunes was central, Diaz was left. Um where where where, where did you see Cody, Cody Gakpo and Joe Gomez particularly um in, in, in our in a, after the hour mark when you know when we were building up? Uh well uh, Gomez started to help uh, actually add add a bit of width. Um, to help stretch play a bit, uh, so he 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 went wide uh, uh, as Alexander Arnold went infield. Um, Gakpo uh, was moving across from the left and to the right, so you, you see him actually take shots. So I think on the seventy first minute, you see him take a shot. Would well, you think he was? Do you think he was more like the deep, definitely the deepest of the four forwards? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and did you see much of? Um... One thing we were asked on the under pressure Discord: Did you see much evidence of uh, on the on second rewatch of um, Gomez inverting once once he came on? Uh, there were bits where, where, where he did, but um, I'm, I'm just getting the, the so like if you look at uh, just at, to, what he does is a bit of both. So um, there was a piece actually earlier in the week that I, I mentioned before we started, uh, and David Seeger from Opta yeah. uh, uh, did an announcement Alexander Arnold, and he showed that actually yeah. he, he does play wide and he does play in the field a bit yeah. more than uh, than what I said last week when I said that it probably would be better that um, he does play a bit wider. Uh, so so what he was doing is comparing last season when Trent was playing in midfield to this yes. season. Uh, so there are clearer hotspots out a bit wider uh, and a clear sort of hotspot in infield. Uh, whereas last season, it was just quite clearly just playing on the inside. Uh, and you do see Gomez doing this as well. So it, well, the point I'm making is Gomez actually did a similar thing as well. So moments where he held width and he went wide uh, and there were others where Salah just held the width and Gomez went infield. So uh, if you, if anyone has the matchup, you can have a look at the 72nd minute uh, and you actually see uh, Gomez uh, in the second Sort of a line uh, alongside Trent, so it's uh, Canate and Van Dijk as the first line. It's a two, and then another two with um, uh, Trent and um, Alexander and Arnold, and then he starts moving back. So, so what he does, he, he forms a three, and then moves into midfield, and sometimes drops back, and then sometimes goes wide. Uh, it, 
again, this is actually something that we are seeing more of in the league. So over the past yep. few seasons, we've, we've seen systems where they're quite structured. For example, there was the Liverpool play with would play a couple of seasons ago with a clear two and then a three. Yeah. And then the trend in rec- uh, last season became to play with a three and then a two. And then once one team in particular that had been quite sort of effective at sort of morphing their their their, their group around uh, Arsenal at the start of this season, uh, really started to sort of. Uh, Manipulating their base, so they went from like a three to a, a three-one shape, to then a two-three to a three-two, and they used different shapes at different moments to mani- manipulate the opponents. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and sometimes the so like for example, Ben White would go wide or, or Ben White would come inside. Yeah. And, and that is actually uh, sort of what we we saw from Gomez. He'd come in, play forward passes, then move up uh, ahead of the centre backs, and then sometimes yeah. he'd pull wide as well. So it, it was a bit of a mix actually. So it's fair to say he wasn't playing like a conventional right back. Uh, yeah. 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 And it is, I guess the, the reason I'm asking you about this is because we did that, you know, look for on, on, on your rewatch just to, to see what you noticed on this uh, in, in the car, in the cool light of day. It's just that I just, you just don't think of Trent, sorry, Joe Gomez being that type of ball playing defender. Anyway, you think he's, you think of him more of a, I don't know. I think he's he's more of a, a one-on-one defender. He's that the mop-up, the coverer of the two. You know, he used to have the proactive one and the coverer. And Gomez was always that kind of defender, right, with his pace and his and his just general mopping up defensive abilities. But you don't really expect him to be, you know, the ball playing um, and distributor, right? So how, think, how did you think he's well suited to doing it? Well, well one thing I, th- I was, I think we, we, uh, you guys in the pod especially uh, have always. Praised his line breaking ability with the ball as well. That that has been a sort of characteristic of his play. Mm. Where where Van Dyke has a switch and Matip has a dribble. One of Gomez's uh, strengths is the ability to to line break with with low hard passes along the turf uh, to instigate sort of uh, attacks. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and I think that that actually stands him in good stead for if, if you're playing something like this. Um, he also be, because. He's not as quick as he once was, but he's still quick. So he has that turn of pace where he can just carry the ball forward. And I think as we discussed last week or the week before, having a player that is able to carry the ball forward, especially from defence, is important because it draws an opposition play out and then creates space for your midfields or your forwards. Um, uh, given, uh, maybe like a, a year Do you or so think he ago, did a, you think he did a fair, yeah, you think he gave it a fair go? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but the the point I, I was going to make is that if someone told me like a year ago that like Nathan Aki or Ben White or Manuel Akanji, uh, all these Destiny, other Destiny Odogi, he it, did it against City at the Etihad. Odogi is a fullback, right? But as yeah. in these other centre backs playing in field, if oh, someone yeah, told me that, yeah, 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 yeah. If someone said that to me a year ago, I probably would have said that's probably uh, that that's a bit sort of experimental. I, I'm, wouldn't maybe expect to see a lot of success there. But given that yeah. we've seen th- those teams do it, Arsenal and City have done it, and and we are, I think we all uh, appreciate Gomez's on-ball sort of uh, ability to play forward. Uh, I, I thought, yeah, um, I, I wouldn't write it off. I, I think he did a, a good job. Uh, and given that he's only played, he, he has been learning this position. So the first few times we've seen it, yeah. Um, it, it does. It does just strike you as a bit strange, but um, yeah. I think the, I think the thing is, when I was wanted to try and spend all this time talking about it was because it's been a narrative this season that um, yeah, that we're, we're we're suboptimal in some way because the system is not 
making the team the players more than the sum of their parts. I mean, and it's a fair it's a fair debate, I think, either way. However, there's been a school of thought that says, well, you know, just play Trent in midfield, buy a right back, right? As if then if you play if you buy a right back and play Trent in midfield, you'll just go back to being a conventional right back. But what it tells me is if you invert Joe Gomez while also Trent is on the pitch, tells me that this system is here to stay. Because yeah. we're inverting whoever is playing in that position now. Yeah. Irrespective uh, of personnel, because Trent was there in midfield. And um, uh, I th- Dan, do you still collect the uh, the three balls conceded? And do you have a... I, f- I should have asked um, No, because that, 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 that's not... Yeah, we, what usually what happens is when something stops being a thing, we stop talking about it because mm. it just goes back to normal levels. <laughs> you know, last year it was it was horrific. Yeah, yeah, but I can I can get you the latest. Yeah, but yeah. while you're talking, because um, I, I remember one of the the upsides to having an extra body in field was just that the, oh. the three balls conceded uh, yes. fell away. Uh, Huge, and, yeah, and and that was the biggest part. I mean, it, it, there will be different areas that that teams attack Liverpool. In, but it, it, if the option is that they attack them through the middle or on the right channel, uh, I think the, the preference is always going to be the right because yeah, it's no the question. shortest route to, to go through the middle, yeah. um, and uh, that's where you're going to get your best quality shots. All that sort of. If if, if the idea is that um, opponents have to play in the wide channel, uh, then I think that's always much preferable uh, to to having them play through the middle. And I think having that extra body infield does help. Uh, and I think if 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 it's two as if it's one conventional six alongside another body, then I think that, that, that performance is only going to increase as well. At the moment we still remember uh for example in this match it was Alexander Arnold and, and Gomez infield. Uh and then in uh in, in games gone by well McAllister and, and Alexander Arnold infield. Uh, I mean if you change one of those players to uh a conventional number six, you'd expect to see a bit of improvement there. Uh, but yeah, um I, I I think the system is here to stay. I think there's, uh, you, mm. but l- l- like I said before, as in just because it's a, a three, two at one point doesn't mean it can't change, uh, during a match and you can use different shapes in different. So, ways. so I have the numbers. I have the numbers. Um, last year we were 16th in the Premier League for three balls conceded, two per game. Um, this year we are fourth best. Um, do you want to have a guess, Rhodesy? What through balls conceded? Yeah. Uh, Fighting games eight. Oh, uh, sorry, total. Sorry, yeah, no per ninety. So we were two per ninety last year. What have we improved? Okay, to so this year? okay, maybe point point eight. Close, Hamza. Um. Uh, I've got it up. I don't, I'll, I'll cheat. You can just say. Yeah, it. No. we are one point three. We're fourth best in the league, and then the Arsenal are best, and Man City are second best. So I think there's something in that in terms of yeah. But like you said, I think there's a really good. I think it's a really good solid argument there, Hamza. Is that it is it is much easier to to score much dangerous, more dangerous and much higher quality chances straight through the middle of a team. And so if you have to block up the middle and force them, even if you seed the flanks, yeah, so, yeah, that's a fair, that's a very fair argument. Dan, a few things. One, since this change of system from us, we've only lost one game, which was Spurs and Trent. And then we shouldn't have, shouldn't have lost it. And and Trent hasn't 
play hasn't lost a game while we've been doing it. And the one thing also you, nope. you know in the group recently was Trent's through balls now are yeah on the on the positive the side yeah, yeah. are up yeah. to De Bruyne levels. Um, yeah, but I was doing a bit of a deep dive on Trent um, with and without this role. So one in the quadruple season, then last season, then in the hybrid since, and his figures are, are down. He's ha- he's having less involvement. He's having less touch apart from through balls. Apart from through balls, and now you know there's a score, yeah. there's goals. What I don't mind Trent doing it. It it's the responsibility of the team to then adapt and con- and cover. But I was concerned the other day against Fulham when Gomez was doing it, just yeah. because he's not a generational creative hub no. like Trent. Now he has got the. Attributes that Hamza touched on, you know, the line breaks with the passes. But rather he was doing that from centre back or creating space yeah. for Salah and Awful. Yeah. someone by going wide, and then we've still got the structure at the back. So if you're going to bring on a, de- a defender to allow Trent to go into midfield and then allow that defender to then hybrid into midfield, it was a bit of a concern for me. Yeah. But You've always got to think about. You've always got to think about trying to analyze any decision in terms of the trade-offs, right? The pros and the cons of it, right? But yeah. I'm just. I'm just struggling. Is what is the upside of trying to invert Joe Gomez? I, I think it's. I just. Like, I, I, I'm. I, I think it's having okay. a, a strong player who's good in the air and quick in field, as in those three okay. sort of qualities you associate with a six, right? And if you're going to play a creative player alongside, just uh, the same way you construct a normal double, double pivot, if you're playing with a 4-2-3-1, you might just have one defensive yeah. player <clears throat> and one creative one. I, th- I think it's uh, about that relationship. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs Mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. But isn't isn't it then that the the right eight, which would have been a guest trend, um, and and well, Gravenberg still for this? Okay, yeah. have to, have to then adapt as well. So they've got a cover. You know, it's 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 about the the other players who are around that area of the pitch have to then cover. That's the whole point of the hybrid, isn't it? It's 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 moving up and down yeah. and it's changing positions. Someone has to do that, and that maybe that's why they're persisting with it with Gomez to try and get other players to to learn it better. But um, I don't know if we can see. The, I don't think it, it was to do with the hybrid for their third goal, but it, 
Anyway, it was that area of the pitch. But, yeah, um, it was across from the left, wasn't it? He stood up to the back post. But yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Hamza's Hamza's making a really nice, positive, reasoned argument for it. It's just that I was also an excellent. I'm struggling. I, I, get, I know, I know, I know, and I guess, but I, but I, I guess can't shake that it's suboptimal in some way, and I just don't know. And that's why I asked when we did the debate last week. I hope you listened, Rosie. I was asking. I was asking the question: Is are we the problem? Are we are we thinking about this wrong? Are we the generals fighting the last war? And that's why um, Hamza's perspective is so important because he's so new and fresh to this. Yeah, and it's. But I think it's fine to analyse it, but you have, you know, we have to look at the results. We have to look at the outcomes. Yeah, uh, and yeah. are we conceding any more xG down that side? Um, when Trent's doing it, than we did when he was just a right back. Well, we're conceding. We we we, we know we know that we're conceding thirty percent too much xt and xg this yeah. season, and a lot of that is going to be through through that position. Yeah. So, but then then again, it's a trade off. That is the trade off in itself, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's something definitely to track. And like I said, I, I did do a bit, but uh, Trent's numbers are down pretty much across the board for creation xa chances um but then yeah uh, the the key one is <clears throat> who balls yeah one of the best in the world at it yeah. so yeah yeah i mean like you said we're second in the league we're a point ahead of city we're two points off the top we're conceding a goal a game only a goal a game um yeah. there's a lot to like no one not many people would have had us in this position after 14 games before the season started other than say in fact, the best bit about it, Dan, is there's a, lot, there's a lot to like, but there's a lot to improve. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Although, although to be honest, with Alison's injury, then yeah, yeah, okay, don't miss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, although, and uh, Arsenal unfortunately had one of the most historically good defenses since since actually was started. This is really really annoying now. It's getting really starting to get in my pit. Arsenal's defence is that good. Arsenal. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll both, we'll prove, we'll definitely prove Sai wrong on the Newcastle one. But anyway, let's finish off this match before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, and Rosie, it, it was looking after missing all those chances to get hit by that sucker punch, you know, on the back post header, that was just, that was, oh, that was, that was alarm bells were really ringing at that point, right? Well, yeah, so William William plays in um, TNA. I think TNA should be tracked better. I think it's an easy ball um, for William. It's, oh, it's allowed to be played that easily. It's a really nice cross, probably perfect, but neither Van Dijk nor Simicass goes up for the header. Um, I guess it's because Reed's got the momentum. Yeah. Um, and he heads in a huge chance to put us... Uh, Kelleher can't do about this one. Um, I just thought... The tracking of um, Reed should have been better. Like, I really like that stand-up ball from Kearney, yeah. though. That was really perfect. Nice. Yeah, perfect. yeah. Kearney, that's it. Kearney. Yeah, Tom Kearney, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, and at this point, we're a... turning it off. <laughs> uh, especially um, when we missed the chance for Mo's two hundred, when he just blazes it high and wide. Yeah. And I, Rosie, what's the thing you've said you've been saying for years? Every but every player misses. Even Messi misses half of his shots. 
such a such a trope that I, I don't know the percentage of football fans that don't seem to understand this. But <laughs> it's, it's 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 one of the most um, non understood things from football fans. They all they think you have to. Con- you have to convert all the chances down. And as we know, mm. what they convert at about 38% yeah. across the board. The best player in the world has possibly done it at 42, 43. Um, yeah. It's mad, it, isn't it? it, it you know, this is why, you know, you get a high HG chance inside the six-yard box, slightly on the angle. But th- 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 there's a reason that is a 60% chance because it miss- it's missed 40% of the time. Because of players, instances like this, where even good players blaze it high and wide. But it's it's it, this is this football match probably encapsulates a lot of what the majority of football fans don't understand. They what you get football fans shouting "shoot" from twenty five thirty yards. <laughs> you, you, but See, then, I told you to shoot. You scored. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then in this game they go in, and everyone's like, "See, yeah." And of course, aesthetically, it's. It's just brilliant to watch. Klopp said he's never watched a game like this, and that's the point I keep making. He's never watched a game like this after about a thousand games because they don't go in. Whereas if you work it into the box, you've got a higher chance of them going in. Now you do need a balance because defenders. Well, can I think, can... Was it was this our biggest chance of the match? And the seller on is gonna on understar. I think it's point um, point seven. Yeah, yeah. So this is the biggest chance of the match for us. So this is the biggest one, and it probably yeah, and, and the player he wanted to fall to, and he just blazes it. Yeah, yeah. This exactly who he'd want it to fall to, but you, you can't. There's no. <laughs> there's no formula. <clears throat> sometimes they go in. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Of a huge sample, Dan, and you've got lots of yeah. Data. Over a huge sample, I think you did a brilliant analysis of big chance conversion with Nunes compared to other Liverpool forwards, and his was at like what is it twenty nine compared to yeah. three. So yeah, he is he is the it's like one of these things is not like the others, unfortunately. He, yeah, he yeah. needs to improve that hundred percent, and seems to do it for Uruguay. Isn't doing it for us. Yeah, so that's got to be what gives you hope, though. Anyway, so that's going to be improvement. Yeah, so. Hamza, um, I mean, I think we're all feeling the worst at this point, weren't we? This was it. Oh, it's one of those days now. Okay. And then the most unlikely equaliser I, I can recall, anyway. What about you? Uh, yeah. Uh, I just want to come back very briefly In a good way. To, to, to the uh, the actual Fulham's third, because uh, because it actually touches on what, what we were discussing previously, is in the point of having sort of... Uh, Gomez come inside is that you, it gives you solidity in uh, rest events, <laughs> right? As in, so like you, you're prepared for transitions. But the the problem in the bit of because because the um, the Fulham goal comes from a transition. So I, I won't check how how does that sort of happen. Uh, Trent goes into midfield uh, and I think he's dispossessed and uh, it it it's okay because um, Gakpo gets the ball and gives it to Gravenberg and uh, at this point uh, there is Joe Gomez behind him uh, around. 20 yards diagonally to his right backwards. Then you've got uh, Kanate, Van Dijk and Simikas all in their own half. Uh, so Liverpool have the ball and at this point it, 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 remember the, the point that Simon used to make about um, well he, he, he does make about Thiago knowing when to pass forward uh, and when to pass forward into a dangerous area so you can counter press. 
and when not to. Uh, what what Gravenberg does here is he he forces a pass forwards where Liverpool just definitely are not set to lose a ball, uh, and they're not set with with their system. Uh, to be able to deal with transition uh, because Trent is already ahead and he's he's been dispossessed and he's on the floor. Uh, Gravenberg just has to sort of understand as the deepest midfielder uh, in, at this point, it, shuttling the ball safely is, is important. So then your rest defence is ready to sort of make sure the middle is compact because Liverpool can't counter-press once he sort of plays his pass into uh, Fulham's number six, who is Harrison Reed. Uh, yeah, uh, so that, that was, uh, I thought, just... Yeah, the point of having the player in field is also not just to give sort of solidity when the opponent tries to sort of pass through the middle, but so that you can counter press effectively. But you've got to apply sort of um, common sense uh, in those moments to understand if, if you're the deepest player and someone's going ahead of you, uh, not to to do that. But yeah, uh, Endo comes on. Uh, sorry to come come to the uh, the goal, uh, and I don't think anyone uh, really expected this, but uh, he takes it absolutely superbly. Uh, um, <laughs> The key here. He doesn't try and hit it too hard, does he? No, no, no. That, exactly that, as in uh, just placement, uh, striking through it with your instep. Uh, and yeah, a goalkeeper can't get close to it. The Salah gets a layoff as well. Uh, yeah, it's an excellent, excellent strike. And it, uh, it gives Liverpool hope where, um, like you said, uh, at this point, it really is expecting the worst of here goes the, the unbeaten streak at Hanfield. Yeah. Do you know? But did you know though? Um, when we did, he listen to the pod after we signed Endo and said the most um, notable feature about him, um, the, the most positive stat he get. He get he's averaging seven goal involvements a season in the Bundesliga, mm. four goals and three assists. So he had, and it was very consistent over the three seasons: twelve goals and nine assists over three full seasons in the Bundesliga for the deepest midfielder. That's just what a what a bonus of a contribution that is. Okay, he's not the greatest in other areas, but. You, can't, you really can't look past that. And it makes you think that when you see him with that finish, he just doesn't try and blaze it. He almost just tries to just place it into the top corner, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's really, really, really well struck. So, so the ball, I think, Canati plays it forward into Nunez. And he, he, he again, even when he's he's not at his best because of his physical presence. Yeah, and he, he won the knockdown, effectively. He won yeah. the header really, yeah. really easy. He yeah. just jumped up and dominated... Uh, I think Bassi sort of loses him, but he, he he's up, wins a header straight into Salah, uh, and then Salah holds uh, the I think Ream off before laying it. Um, yeah, one, one, um, I think that was it. The, well, yeah, Johnny Northcroft did an interview with um, Enzo this in the week just gone. So the the interview was in the Johnny week. Northcroft. Get you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, as in, uh, but no, because I'm pretty sure. Johnny mentioned on Media Matters that he really does rate Endo. Uh, he, he, even before the interview, before he did it, uh, he he sort of kept slipping in like Endo. He's a really good player, and he sort of like tried to not sort of give away that he's got the interview. Uh, but um, he, he um, Johnny's one of the 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 best football minds that we have. I think at the paper, I think it's fair to say. And if he sort of gives a sort of a, a, a approval to a player, then you know he's. Uh, He's, he's a good pedigree, but yeah, um, that 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 goal threat is uh, just an added bonus. Yeah, just to touch on this, when I think Knate plays the ball, uh, Endo's just crossing our halfway line, um, and sees the potential and puts on the burners that he's got that aren't that good, but he does get there. Um, but Dave 
Hendrik on the um, Daily Pod today was talking about Nunes' involvement. I think he had two hockey assists, is what mm. Si would call them. Um, this knockdown, winning the ball, um, and and him being there with that presence and Salah being in the box pushes Fulham back. And when the when the uh, layoff from Salah gets to Endo, one is like three or four Fulham defenders, and it does curl it around him, but that affects the vision of the keeper as well. He's got to execute, and he does it perfectly, top bins. But it's it's those little things of creating a you know chaos monsters a cliche now, but he's pushing that Fulham defence back, which allows Endo the space just on the edge of the box, and then Salah sets him up and he and he converts it. It's it, it's a great finish, but it's those it's that kind of thing that Dave was touching on, saying, "Yeah, Salah's missed. Uh, Nunes has missed two big chances in this game. Just got, but he's he's improved his pressing. I think we'll come on to the fourth goal. Yeah, it's thirty-four seconds after the third goal. And Is it? Had I been doing the pressing, Dan, it wouldn't have gone down as a press lead into a goal. But Nunes is the one that presses the Fulham player who gives it away, and then it is twenty-five seconds after that press, so he wouldn't count. But that's what I mean. He's doing other things. Just just before you come on to the fourth goal, right? I mean, we, we haven't got you pressing at the moment for understandable reasons. I mean, when you watch the games, you always do watch it for your pressing lens, I guess. What what have you made of the? Um, what did you make of us the general pressing performance in this game? So I thought it was it was one that I really could have. I think would have added quite a bit of insight. Um, I thought there was. <laughs> You think it would have been there would have been some things that maybe some good things and some really bad things in there? I think there was some really good things and really bad things. Did, <laughs> did most would most of the bad things possibly have involved Ryan Gravenberg? Ryan Gravenberg and Luis Diaz, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't look like a presser, does he? Graf. He doesn't look like he's in sync with any of the other players to know when to. No. Um, it's gonna be a long ad- adaptation, I think, for him. Yeah, as it was with Nunes, it wasn't with Sabozlai and McAllister. We've seen those performances. McAllister looked again. There was a couple of decisions from him in terms of applying pressure that I thought was the wrong time to do it. But he's playing in a position. You know, he's, I think Phil's. Um, it's, what's it called? The uh, pitch zone up to the first sub. You can see the overlap. And this is some of the pressing issues I thought happened, particularly in the first half. There's McAllister, Bosley, and Grav. And there's so much overlap between them that you might think it's good for covering the pitch, but it's not good for um, the, the kind of pressing excellence that I thought we were doing in some of the games earlier in the season mm. where it was backing up that second ball. So Nunes was going from instruction from Salah. Jota was going, so we were creating pressure on the opposition's defence, but it was then winning the second balls because the midfield was structured well enough and disciplined yeah. enough to, to win well, it. It was opposite in this game. I would say that I think it's the, I think it's the identity of that third midfielder is absolutely critical, isn't it? Well, we know Curtis is... I yeah. the best midfield presser in our team. Yeah, and all, but then he also not only is he, it, it, it's, it's in two ways. One, it's the Gagan, where at the instant within four or five seconds he's straight in there and there's, he's got that instant recovery and he's really good at that. But then when we drop off into more conventional, he's he is the one who who drops into the more 
he's the protection rather than the aggression on the role and we don't really have that with the with the three that started on the weekend right do we do we don't have that blend of the two and the one in the midfield absolutely not and as you saw from the position that McAllister took up for the goal he's he's meant to be a six but getting forward to a point yeah. for that second ball it worked then but other times it didn't work and Fulham got away it's just that structure and discipline in midfield when we're in transition losing the ball or when we press well from the front um, that we didn't, that was particularly bad in the first half. I've learned this, and I thought it was a good one to do, but I, apologies. <laughs> yeah. So, we have 28 hour days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only. If, if only. Um, so, just back to the winning goal um, and what you said before about Nunes, he does get, he does get a, a, a shot creating action on um, FB ref for, for the endo one. He gets his, um, so Asala gets the assist and Nunes does the, the hockey. Um, but yeah, the only one which is credit is a shot creating action for Trent's uh, winner is the, is the Gakpo shot. Really? Yeah. I guess it's because Nunes is, who reacts quickest, by the way, Nunes is, uh, crossed back into the box. He's won by the full and play win. Yeah, and then it comes out to Gapo then shoots. Yeah, so he just basically is that, that. It's the second. It's the new phase. Yeah, so yeah. The, there's nothing there. But yeah, like you said, he was involved in the move. Uh, but it was a good effort from Gapo, wasn't it? He was on target. He forced it was a great the shot. Yeah. Early effort near post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Trent becomes has his has his has his moment to be the hero. <laughs> it's, it's slightly poor control, which puts it just. <laughs> But if you, I, I don't know if you've watched it. There's a Neil Mellor analysis show that they do. Um, there's a free version that you can get on YouTube. It's only like eight, nine minutes long. It does all the Liverpool goals. But there's a... And it's not the best analysis, but anyway. There's a there's a camera angle that they show on that um, where Trent can literally just put this in one pop, one spot or else it's hitting a full-on player. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Do you remember the... Um, do you remember the... Drought the hundred and thirty shots Anfield without scoring that one, in the, <laughs> and then Trent got the goal. Yeah, those were a fun six podcast, Dan. And uh, yeah, and then Trent got the goal against Villa, um, a yeah. little bit further out than this one, but again it went through like a sea of legs, yeah. and there was only one place he could put it in score. <laughs> yeah, reminds me of that one. And that was a winner as well, wasn't it? This is the payoff, isn't it? Mm. This, is, this is the risk versus reward. We yeah. Can see- can see two goals down that side. Yeah, apparently it's all apparently it's all to do with his his boot deal though, Rosie. He's just signing. Oh, it's not a different boots. Ex ex Liverpool star, wasn't it? What's his name? Craig Johnston. Craig Johnston. Yeah, I remember the Predator documentary in the nineties. Um, <laughs> my son told me he said he's wearing old Predators, um, and I went, "No, he's not. He's <laughs> not wearing the old ones. Those were like big black leather things with massive protruding." Things coming out of him. Yeah. But yeah, apparently he's got the new deal to wear these ones. So yeah, nice. it's working. It's top right. score. It's two games. Yeah. Uh, Hamza, anything anything you want to add on the um, on the on the Trent winner or anything generally to finish off? Uh, we could do the long shot stuff if you fancy. Go on it. quickly, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the the headline stat is this season Liverpool's average shot distance is eighteen point one yards, which is actually the furthest from goal since seventeen eighteen. Yeah, eighteen point one in attack is not good. That's got to be uh, lower down the league table, right? I think it's eighteenth in the league actually. So only two Oof. teams have a, yeah. a, a the distance that's further out. Obviously, the the biggest 
offenders, if we're going to call them offenders, are Sobosai, Trent, uh, and the third one... Nunes. Yeah. Uh, So Nunez is is yet to score from his shots outside the box. Uh, There's another interesting bit as well. So uh, still, despite these these, these shots from distance, the XG per shot is 0.11, which is fine um, and roughly in line with how it's been the previous few seasons. But what we actually saw was when when Klopp came in, there was a sort of concerted effort to actually try and get the shots closest to goal. And and this season uh, is uh, probably because of player profiles, because he because of players like Alexander-Arnold, because of players like Soboslai, um, you, you're seeing a, a, a higher volume of shots from outside the area, which is good and bad. I mean, sometimes um, it, it's valuable when playing against a low block to have one or two players that are willing to take a shot on because it, it invites opponents out and creates space. And then next time someone lines up a shot, an opponent might close them down, which means that that, that player can slip another teammate in so it's good to have variety and it's good to have specialists yeah there's like, like like those two that are good at striking the ball cleanly and from distance uh, yeah but yeah the, the other stat as well is that um of goals this season uh 17.2 percent have been goals as from outside the box of all premier league goals that Liverpool have scored uh and of total shots this season uh, 39.4% have been shots from outside the box last season that was 28.6 season before 32.9 season before that 33.2 and actually the last time it was this high uh, was in the 16-17 season when it was 40.2 uh, but yeah so in the title season we actually got our shots in the box down below 30% didn't we shots outside the box below 30% of the box, mm. which is yeah. yeah that's crazy low uh, yeah, 29.4 in that season. Uh, and I think, what was it, 14.5% of the goals. But yeah, in, in the 18-19 the season, the, so pers- the, we might come back to this at some other point or discuss it later, but I, I always think the 18-19 team is just better than the 19-20 team. Same. Uh, the, the, the share of uh, goals from outside the box was 5.81%. Uh, because and that team was excellent at creating chances inside the the area. You take the, the two goals. No, you take the goal that was scored against City in the uh, in the two one defeat and the one that was cleared off the line. Just excellent examples of being able to work the ball into the box into good shooting areas. Um, but um, yeah, the season afterwards it was fourteen point five percent. The season that Liverpool won the league. Uh, but yeah, uh, probably. I, I mean, ideally, I think just having a larger share inside the box would be a bit more ideal uh, it's good to have these players that, that have these qualities but um... so ju- just just some context on that one we've seen those two seasons Hamza. it's a really good one actually because um, we've had 98 shots from outside the box in the Premier League this season and in in the whole of 1819 we had 198 shots outside mm-hmm. the box so exactly half that in 14 games um, and in both seasons, we've scored five goals. So in 1919, five out of 198 shots is one every 40. Not great. This year, five in 98, one in every 20. Much better. But the, the, the worrying thing in the back of your mind is that we could have another 100 shots this season and not score again from outside the box. It's not, it wouldn't be unheard of. Yeah. And, th- uh, that, and that's the kind of thing that will hurt. Yeah. If you're shooting uh, more from outside the box. Uh, those, uh, game which match was it uh it wasn't too long ago where it was quite obvious that liverpool were sh- shooting from outside the box too much luton yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah 
Uh, so, so I think that's something that just needs... Uh, there are opportunities in this match where you see a, a better pass on. You just think that you probably should be taking the pass. I mean, yeah. uh, 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 McAllister, I mean, if the ball sits up nicely, yeah, she'll take it on. Well, you think, but, but Roti, this is the, probably the best team we've had for a long time in terms of shooting from outside the box because we've got three very good ones in Gakpo, Sabozlai and, and Trent, right? And yeah. and then you've got Endo five, <laughs> yeah, five Endo five, yeah six or something. Endo as, and Mac, and then you've got Salah who you know can obviously you know score a few from outside the box as well. Not although not not free kicks. So, so we, the, we did a brief analysis before the pod Dan, and I couldn't find another player. Uh, I think Diaz is one point one goal from zero point five, so he rarely does it, but he he has got one. The only one is Nunes, yeah, who's under. Who hasn't scored after, despite taking was it thirty odd? You said thirty three shots since he joined in the league. Yeah, that's in the league as well. That's that, just the yeah, league. Yeah, yeah. So there is a quality there of players who seem to have an overperformance level. Samples aren't that big, but yeah, I don't know if it's because because of the stark nature of in our best seasons. I'm I'm guessing the anal- analysis and the analysts at Liverpool are aware of this, right? Yeah. But if they are aware of it, and now we're doing it more, have this group of players been given more licence? Mm. Is it a conscious thing? Um, because if it is, then fine. But, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big... I'd rather it with 70, 30 shots inside the books just because of... Law of averages. Yeah, I agree. It would I mean, be nice. The, the flip side is if you sometimes take the Jota goal against. Oh, who was it? So Sobberslai takes a shot. It's deflected. Oh, Jota scored from outside the box, didn't he? It was the other week. Um, no, he scored from inside the box. It was a Sobberslai shot that was deflected. The keeper saved it, and then Jota from the left side of the area tapped in. All oh, right. So, so the, the, there are sometimes upsides to 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 creating space. Uh, it was, there was a, the sequence was Liverpool plus from left to right, so the, pred was, uh, the, the play was spread, which meant there was space for Sobberslai to attack in the right half space, as there was no players there. Then he ran into it, took a shot, there was a deflection, it was saved, and then Jota scored. Um, so uh, on that front, that uh, I would sort of, yeah, I'd support like taking those sh- shots. But there's two things I'd like to say here. Uh, one is that I think uh, when you look at the highlights that Sobberslai uh, has for Hungary, you see him inside the box more, and, and having that, having he has eighty five percent of his shots, eighty six actually, uh, outside the box this season. Uh, if mm. it, it, he's a very good number ten by trade, I know he's playing as number eight, but as in to have that sort of closer activity in and around the box might be. Uh, and, uh, and I will just say that the Cody Yakpo shot mm. was miles out. <laughs> The one that the one that the keeper spills for, to come back out for Trent that was a long way out. Yeah, uh, and uh, the other point that I was thinking of making, I've just briefly sort of. Uh, oh, actually, yes. When you actually look at the shot maps uh, and you compare, uh, I, I don't think these are. It's not like there's a lot just just outside the box. There are a handful of shots from Trent and Sobersly and a few other players. We thinking. Even, I, I don't think the club are telling you to take these shots. No. Uh, just just from having a look at the shot maps. Um, yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, it was it was a it was a fun match, a bit of a roller coaster match, but uh, yeah, a big a big 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 three points. Anyway. 
And at least Sky decided to put Palace somebody else on that kind of <laughs> team we're playing, and it was one all. <laughs> but we will be back, Rosie. We will be back. You might be back, fingers crossed. But we will be back next week for another doubleheader. This time a Premier League doubleheader. Two away matches: Sheffield United and Crystal Palace. So here's to keeping up this good form at the top of the league. Until then, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.